Well, kia ora whanau. Welcome to another deep dive on the podcast. And this one was a good yarn. I got to sit down with New Zealand professional footballer Alex Grieve and talk about his career so far. Still in the early stages, playing for St. Mirren over in uh, the Scottish Premier League right now. But we had some good yarns. We talked about his World Cup campaign with the recent all-white squad over in Costa Rica. Well, not in Costa Rica, but against Costa Rica. And just we got to talk about all things footy, all things life. It's a good yarn. Check it out. Alex, welcome to the show, mate. Um, I know that, so it's 8 p.m. here, so Scotland, it must be... I've not nine o'clock. You said nine a.m. Right, nine a.m. Nine a.m. Thursday. Nine a.m. Thursday. Yeah. Oh, so I'm back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you must be. I thought you guys were like more than twenty hours behind. I'm obviously wrong on that front. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah. I think I think like thirteen or something. I'm I'm not even sure. It's so confusing. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we were setting this up, you were quite good at being like, oh, yeah, bro, we'll do it like 8 p.m. your time. Oh, no, no, push from 6 p.m. your time. So you obviously <laughs> must get like pretty used to zooming in people or whatever from New Zealand. Oh, yeah, bro. When, yeah, when you're trying to FaceTime like friends and family and stuff, you've got to do a little bit of thinking, eh? But yeah, no, we figured it out eventually. What, um, what's the uh, season over there? Is it summer at the moment? Yeah, well, they call it summer, but it's still <laughs> wet, and, wet and windy, but. No, nah, yeah, it's summer at the moment, but it's still like it's pretty cold. But is it um because is because I mean I've always wondered, bro. I'm actually going to Europe at the end of the year. First first time I've been in Europe, but decent. Um, it's gonna be like winter. We're going in December, right? So it's winter, winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is it true that the UK is just miserably? And any UK listeners, I'm sorry to bag you here, but <laughs> I'm bagging the weather, not you. But is it true? Is it just overcast and raining, miserable most of the time, or is that more of a is that a bit of a red herring? I think in Scotland it's definitely like pretty dark and wet for the most part. Like when so you're coming over in December, yeah, right. So it'll be getting dark at like four o'clock then, and like and I'm being dark like pitch black. So no way. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was pretty beautiful during that time as well because if it, if it snows and stuff, and, and they do love Christmas over here, so it's it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, Buzzy. Before you started playing footy over there, did you had you been? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I my mum's from England, so I, I'd been over to visit um, like that side of the family when I was about five, and then played a football tournament in Manchester as well. So I had a little bit of uh, touring around England at that point as well, mm. but oh, never okay. to Scotland. Yeah, but I mean, hey. It's just a stone throw yeah. away from England, right? Yeah, same thing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you find it hard to understand some of the people there, bro? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think when I first came over, bro, I was <laughs> like, I was so confused all the time. It, uh, to be fair, like when they uh, just talk to you, you can like figure it out and they like dumb it down for you a little bit. But when there's like two Scottish people talking to each other across the room, oh, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's a different language, eh? Even though they're speaking oh, it's English. A, it's a different language, man. It is, seriously. Oh, mate. Yeah, no, I, um, my, my nan was Scottish, bro. And I remember even just talking to her one-on-one, you could understand, like you say, but this was after living yeah. in New Zealand for like 30 years or whatever <laughs> it was. But, um, you know, so, you definitely feel it, eh? Like, oh, what, what did you say there? What was that? What was that? Yeah, you actually have to concentrate a little bit harder just to, <laughs> just to figure it out. 
Um, oh man, it's sick. And you went straight from, we'll just saying off air from Birkenhead, bro. So take me back, bro. Like you've had a pretty crazy year with footy, with the heights of like playoff, world cup, playoff football, all of this stuff, but let's just like wind it back, bro. Did we, were you as a youngster, you just what kicking the footy around at like when you could, or what was, what was the deal when you were young, mate? Uh, oh no, I love football. Like ever since I was like four years old, I was playing and training so many times a week like as much as I could at school lunchtime everything and then obviously so I started at um I started at Papakura and um are you from Southside South Auckland yeah but I'm from South Auckland born and raised so um my dad was the president at Papakura when I was a young buck so me and my brother mm. me and my middle brother um we started there and mate we were just playing like 24-7, you know, playing in the backyard, playing at school, and then playing for club as well. And then, I mean, that just carried through pretty much all the way till I was, until now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Eh? You, what you don't realise is, well, we know, because I play footy as well, played since the same age. And my old man, he played quite high level back in his day. You don't realise how much just trainings and games and it's it's a full-time gig, man, even as a kid. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I feel like at that age, you don't even think about it. Eh? Like, you just, yeah. you're just doing it because you love it and you don't, like, it's not even a chore at all, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I remember doing, like, what was it called? Mini kickers or something, bro, back in the day? Little kickers? Something like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I used to work for little kickers, I think, that for a couple of sessions. Oh, no way. Oh, man. I mean, I'm a teacher, man, and <coughs> teaching sport. I mean, okay, many, little kickers might be a bit different because the kids are already athletic and sporty. But man, mm. yeah, I don't, um, I have, I don't have as much grace as you probably did for those for those kids doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, I love it. Love sharing football. You know, what's um, what do you tell you like young kids? Is it all for you? Is it? Would you say it's all like okay? This is how you trap the ball. This is how you. This is how you get a bit of power behind your kicks. Like at that age. Yeah, I think you probably like start with just technique and that. I think a lot of good, like, I mean, you see a lot of players now that are just straight runners without any technique. But then I think, like, for, for the first part, you should just be able to, like, learn how to, you know, caress a ball and, like, that kind of stuff. Because if, if you can do that, that is half the job, you know. Mm. You can put the ball where you want it. Yeah. And I guess it's also, a hey, teaching kids, like, how to just be good sports about it. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. you're going to lose There's some games. I think the world's probably getting a bit too PC in, in New Zealand now is with, like, growing up and that. But, yeah, I think learning how to lose is probably, like, the biggest biggest lesson you should take as a kid, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Kids, oh, I reckon COVID's been a big part of it, man. Like, kids just not knowing how to... You should see the kids in my because I'm a teacher. You should see the kids in my class when we lose when they lose games, man. It's like the end of the world. And I always have to say, <laughs> guys, this is a this is a a warm up game of octopus, and you got tagged. Chill out. <laughs> oh, I love the competitiveness though, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's it's good. Eh? Um, we always were you like that as a young buck, quite competitive and quite into it, and and just full charge. Yeah, I'd say so. I think. My my parents as well would probably say that I was pretty competitive, even if like me and say my middle brother, so the one just older than me, I've got two. 
But mm. me and him were our oh, most competitive brothers ever when we were growing up, just like playing rugby, football in the backyard. Like it would ju- it would be a war zone, you know? Yeah, yeah. What were the um what were the FIFA jams like? Was there a bit of that happening? Yeah, yeah. Growing up, um, I mean, my mum would never let us like play PlayStation during the week, so that was probably a good <laughs> thing. But um, no, we used to have some big battles on FIFA for sure on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like a sweaty goal eh, to break your controller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a couple of controllers were thrown. Mate. <laughs> oh, mate, it's actually, it's actually. I've always wanted to ask a footballer <laughs> this, bro, because I've been, I've been, man, I've, you know, it's been awesome. I spoke with Stefan um, last year. Oh no, this year, last year. Gosh, I think it was this year. And I also spoke with Siggy, mate, Ben Sigmund. He's an absolute Chad. Oh, I, I spoke with him like, well, he was like one of my first guests. But those yeah. were the kind of blokes that I would be like, hey, do you play FIFA? <laughs> like, I can't imagine yeah. Ben Sigmund like rocking up to FIFA 15 playing, you know. <laughs> playing with himself. <laughs> Not if that's 60 rated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that must be a bit of a buzz, man, if you're playing be honest, you've, have you played FIFA as yourself? I actually still haven't, bro, which is weird because my whole life I, I grew up saying, like, I cannot wait till I'm on FIFA. Like, that was, like, my goal. Yeah. But then, I mean, I just don't even have a PlayStation. I'm just not really into it. So, mm. Do you know what um, your rating sure. is on there? <sighs> no, but it'd be, it'd be pretty low, I think. <laughs> I probably, it probably wouldn't be worth using me. <laughs> Oh mate, that's so that's so weird, eh? I just that, I'm just thinking about it now. Imagine like looking at yourself on one of those games, and someone's just rated you based on. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> the owners of FIFA, how much of of Alex Grieve have they seen? You know what I'm saying? But they're gonna go, oh, he's yeah, a, probably not a lot. Fifty-eight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it as long as I'm on there. I'm happy. Yeah, man. Um, so you said, bro, you just said before, like you always wanted to be on FIFA. So I'm assuming that as a youngster, you were like, I'm playing football, football. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Or... Uh, well, for, for the most part, I, and I mean, I, I, as I said, I started football when I was four, but then, um, I think when I was about eight or, you know, you know how it is in New Zealand, like all your mm-hmm. bros are like playing rugby at school and stuff. Hard out, hard out. And I spoke to my parents saying I want to I want to stop playing football and I'll play rugby. And thankfully, they were like, "There is absolutely no chance. Look at the size of you." And <laughs> and there I am. <laughs> but I was I was fully like I was ready to go play some rugby. Wow, man! Yeah, well, that's true. Like I grew up rurally. I grew up in a small town, and and that's the thing, man. Yeah, like, yeah. We had we had. We didn't even have a first, we didn't ha- we didn't even have a first eleven football. We had social football because there weren't enough people. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just not even, especially at that time, I wasn't really an option, eh? But mm. I feel like, yeah, I feel like footy also. Um, not so much now, I don't think, but maybe it was just when we were young, man. But it, it got such a bad rap because you'd see people like diving or getting fouled, and you were trying to yeah, win a foul, yeah. win a penalty, win a free kick. But people just like bagged and jumped on that, and it was like, oh, you play that sport? That's a sissy sport, you know? Like, yeah, I feel 100%. like it gets a bad rap because of that. Yeah, I think so. And like rugby players are obviously pretty like tough in that, so they don't really get that side of, of the game. And I remember when I had school and stuff, kids get called soft and all that kind of stuff. But mm. but obviously now it's getting pretty big back in New Zealand. So I reckon it is, man. I mean, I'm I'm living in Auckland and I live in Glenfield, and um, there's like for for adults, there's like something like 
and the North Shore leagues. It's like, oh, I don't even know, man, how many leagues there are. Oh, man, there's so many, especially even like Birkhead and Glenfield. They've got so many, well, Northern Rovers now, but mm. they've got so many junior teams, bro. Like, mm. it's actually mental how many kids are playing the sport, which is so good. I tell you, man, I was saying this just off here, but when I was playing 19s for Glenfield, I didn't realize, so because obviously I, I didn't, I didn't grow up in Auckland. So when I first moved here to study, I didn't recognize there was this Birkenhead Glenfield rivalry, right? And I remember mm. being in the tra- changing sheds for the Rovers, and um, and our team chant was, um, I can't remember, but it was like we were bagging Burko, even if we were playing like <laughs> Forest Hill. It was like yeah. Birkenhead was part of our this chant if we won a game. <laughs> it was it was like oh, what the what the hell what's going on? But then oh, I experienced it, bro. At Shepherd's Park, my first game at Shepherd's, Shepherd's Park, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one, mate. It was hostile as. <laughs> yes, bro. I mean, I think I started at Birkenhead when I was fifteen. Like, so I, I transferred to Birkenhead, and straight away, like, you just get told you don't like Linfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And every, oh. obviously, every time we play each other, it's it's tough and that kind of stuff. But now there's a lot of off the field stuff as well that it's it's pretty niggly. But I love it. Like it's actually like a one real rivalry that's in New Zealand. I reckon you're right, man. I mean, you think of like sporting rivalries and all of that stuff. I can't think of anywhere else where it's that intense. You know, even um because i haven't played at shepherd's park for a wee while but even i remember on that number one field there's that veranda right behind one of the goals am i right yeah and bro our keeper no yeah our keeper no our defender handballed it in the box and gave away a pen <laughs> in front of that on that on the in front of the deck <laughs> we, yeah, oh, yeah. never lived it down <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Playing that those club room, that club room end at Birkenhead is pretty special. That's mm. in New Zealand as well. There's like not many places that are just on top of the pitch like that, you know? Because mm. that's what it feels like. That it looks like literally there's looking down here. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, I look, I'm just going to put it out there. I hold no allegiances to Glenfield. Um, I, I've well and truly exited that ship, I jumped it. Um, <laughs> so I, I, if anything, uh, if I had to play for either, I would play probably for Burko if I if I ever oh, played again. Man, that's uh, a wise choice. <laughs> um, tell me about Birkenhead, man, because I mean, for you, you are right now. I'm, t- I'm keen to talk about where you are now in Scotland, but a lot of people listening to this wouldn't know Birkenhead United very well. But I would argue mm-hmm. they're one of the be- I reckon one of the best club setups in New Zealand yeah. at the moment. I, I I don't know how they've been going in the last couple of years, to be honest. But especially when I was playing a little bit of a higher league and, and in and around the shore, I remember Birkenhead with the club, you know? Mm. No, 100%. I think other than, like, obviously you're Auckland City, um, I think Birkenhead's right up there. And um, so I was, yeah, I joined them when I was 15. And may we just win, like, every every youth tournament. And the record that they've got, like, for the under-17s, under-19s, and like all the all the way down, they like they win. Is it down in Napier? Yeah, yeah, down in Napier. Yeah, I won down in Napier when I was fifteen, I think. But seriously, like, what a club! And last year, I was actually um, I was doing a bit of work for Birkenhead as well. So I was doing like a lot of administration work and just top to bottom, like, what a club! Well run, good people, and mm. the juniors. So many like members. It's just yeah, really good club. 
And um, and tell me about that last season you had with them because I think I read something that you scored something like nine, nineteen, twenty goals in in the um in that season, and which is obviously what you know kind of got you on the radar of St. Mirren. Um, what was that season? Was this is this just Auckland? What what league was that too? Was that that was a national league, eh? That was the uh, the Northern League. Yeah. So you know how it is now with the um, the Southern, Central, and Northern League, and then yeah. they all qualified for the National League. So yeah, that was just in the Northern League. Scored a few goals, and to be fair, we were in line to qualify for the National League, but then COVID had to come and and cancel all that kind of stuff. But but no, nah, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good season for me and for Birkenhead, really. Like we were, we were struggling at the start, but then we just caught form towards the end, and we won like five out of our last seven or something. It was ridiculous. Where where were you scoring the majority of your goals in that season? I mean, obviously you play kind of strike wing, whatever. But we, what was the if you had to kind of if we had a pitch map up right now, and let's <laughs> just say over fifty percent of your goals, what were you doing? Oh. All the Birkenhead boys will tell you they were all in the six-yard box. Eh? <laughs> all tapped, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They scored it. It's either that or a penalty, but <laughs> no, yeah, all pretty much all in the box, bro. If you just like hanging in between the sticks, that it was just coming to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's that's pretty epic. Because I know that I know that Glenfield got relegated, eh? Yeah, Northern Rovers got relegated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, got it. Um, but <laughs> which um, is another good thing from last yeah, season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I saw something recently though. That aren't Birkenhead in the national league now? Isn't it like official? Uh oh, they might have just qualified, but I know they're coming second and they're doing really well. So, mm. Mm. they they'll be online to qualify. Yeah, very soon. So, so tell me, bro, what? How the heck did you go from playing Birkenhead United and like, let's be honest, you're playing bloody well. To next thing, you're playing for New Zealand, you're playing for St. Mirren, you're in Scotland. Like, what the what the hell happened? I mean, obviously well deserved, man. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty that's a that's a whirlwind, man. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy to be honest. I never really expected it. But yeah, so obviously um St. Mirren signed a partnership with Birkenhead. And although the coach at Birkenhead said like, oh there could be a chance for you to go over. And then I had that season that I did last year and scored a few goals and they were really keen for me to come over. So came in, came over in November last year and uh, trained for a couple months. And then they signed me officially in January and I was just straight into it. And luckily, like, the the squad was a bit thin at the time. There were a lot of injuries and a few transfers and that kind of stuff. And it just literally fell in, fell into place and I had, had a lot of chances to play and uh, and from that, obviously, into New Zealand, mm. which was that was the the full dream come true, you know. But um, I I had a good relationship with Danny because I went to Sacred Heart, so I knew if I if if I started playing in Europe and and I was playing at a good level in Europe, that I knew like he knows my ability and that kind of stuff. So I knew I'd get a chance and get a sniff. And but again, luckily that. The first camp I wasn't even involved in, but Andre Dion couldn't even get into the country, so that's when I got caught that's up. So true. there's a lot of things that just fell right into place, and it was yeah, it was really good. Man, yeah, it is a eh? like the amount of athletes I talk to, and that's the story. You know, it's just it doesn't ever. Well, I mean, it does sometimes, but 
hardly ever is it like it just does the smooth sailing kind of thing it just kind of just randomly just happens things just there's yeah. situations or whatever you know yeah i think I've, that's what i've learned about even being at same room there's so many things that go on and it's all about timing and you've got to be in the right place at the right time mm. it's ridiculous and you've got to be ready to go eh, bro you've got to be ready that you know i could get a sniff at some awesome opportunity so i can't switch off yeah, exactly. You've just got to. How I was at Birkenhead, I was like training and living as if I was a pro, and like trying to think like that. And then just so if that chance came, I was I was ready to go straight in, you know. Mate, so so, I'm trying to like piece together my days as a FIFA manager mode, and if I ever did a Scottish club, I'm pretty sure I did Aberdeen once when Rory Fallon was there. If that's even where he was. Oh yeah. Can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. St. Marin, are you in the top flight there or are you the second flight or where are you guys? We're in the top flight, yeah, yeah in, the, in the Premier League. Mate, so you're, rubbing, is... you're rubbing shoulders with Celtic and Rangers and all these cats. <laughs> yeah, trying to rub shoulders with them, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like, mate, there's some seriously big clubs in this league, eh? so which has been so sick to like travel away to Aberdeen, away to Celtic. Like, it's, it's so cool, bro. Mm, mm. Tell me about your debut, bro, for St. Mirren. What, what, what was that like? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, I remember it so clearly. Um, well, so they'd officially signed me in January. And um, <laughs> so the game was on a Wednesday night. But then they only started putting the international clearance on, on the Monday or something. So it was like so tight whether I was actually going to be able to be in the squad. And obviously I was like, I was nervous. I was like, come on, come on, like get it through, get it through. And then the the manager told me, like, yeah, yeah, you'll be in the match day squad if this clearance comes through. And thankfully it did. Still never thought I'd actually go on the pitch that night. Never mm. like a month. So I was just on the bench and we were up two one or something. And then there was five minutes to go and the manager said, Right, you're coming on. I was like, What on earth? Like, mm. are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Do you trust me? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because well, obviously, I've not played a professional game, so like to come on and like a pretty pressure moment, I was like, there was a lot of faith from him. Mm. And um, I just remember going on, and that was like probably the first time I'd played in front of like ten thousand fans as well. So I was, I literally was looking around like it was like a movie. I was like, what mm. is this? Like it was so such a strange feeling. Yeah, and um. Got a couple touches on the ball and, and we won the game, which is the main thing. And it was just like, yeah, really, really cool. And I've still got the shirt now from oh, that game. Kick mean, out. man. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And, yeah. fir and first goal? First goal. First goal was only a couple of weeks after that, actually. On the coldest night I've ever played football <laughs> in my life. Are you rocking the gloves, bro? Is that happening right now? Oh, no, I don't know if I'm I'm a glove player. Eh? You've got to have some sort of flair for that. But... <laughs> you got to have the scucks no, was, factor. Eh? <laughs> I was in I was in the long sleeve skins. That's for sure, man. And I was yeah. freezing. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was another one. It was on a Wednesday night, at, late in the evening, and it was just so cold. Right? I was literally thinking in my head, like, "Oh, this is this is rough." Mm. And then we started the second half really well. And thankfully, a cross just came in, and I, and I scooped it home. But that was another cool moment. I was like, "What you dream of?" I ran away, did a knee slide, like it's, you know. Yeah, nice. All that yeah, nice. Uh, it's that's cool. That's really cool to hear. The thing is, for me, it's like 
seeing someone because uh, you know you talk to, to talk to the likes of um oh, any footballer and you hear that where they're from and stuff but when i hear when i'm hearing this from someone that's like in the hood i'm in right now or from the hood i'm in right now just yeah. kind of makes it a bit more real you know like yes like good things come out of the north shore of auckland <laughs> <laughs> although you're south side i don't want to say you're a north shore uh, yeah yeah i'm i'm papakura through and through but yeah <laughs> north shore now <laughs> um so so tell me man you go from what less than a handful of professional games to and you said yeah you kind of knew danny and i remember i actually still remember the news you know you were with thumbnail or whatever and it was like danny hayes visiting this cat over in scotland alex I'm like who's this guy you know um Oof. and next thing you're in you're in was it a what match day squad was i think i saw your debut i can't remember and you like scored two goals or something who was that against? Oh, was, this is for yeah, New Zealand. Um, is this poor cut qualifiers or warm-ups or what was that? Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was my first start for the All Whites. I think I'd I'd come off the bench once before I made my debut in um in Abu Dhabi against Jordan in a friendly. Mm. But that that was like my first proper start and proper involvement. And um that was against New Caledonia mm. in the in the qualifiers. And yeah, did pretty well in that first half and scored scored a couple of goals. It was it was a good day. And you, you, you must have been like when you're putting on the well, I don't know if it was black or white jersey, depending on the uh, home and away, whatever. I think it was black that day. Yeah, <laughs> when you're putting on the black jersey, mate. I know it's New Caledonia, but still, even then, you you're now wearing, you know, the same, not the same number, but like the same kind of shirt that you know Shane Smouts would wear, Winston Reid, um, Ryan Nelson. Like Ivan Vasilich, you know what I mean? Like these flipping legends, and now yeah, you're doing yeah. the same jersey, bro. Like, how how is how's that for a feeling? Yeah, it's surreal. Like, even like the last camp, just like sharing the dressing room with like Marco Rojas and like Chris Wood, Costa Barros. It's like those are the people I grew up like idolizing and watching every week. Mm. Especially Marco Rojas, like he was the king when I was little, and I loved him. Yeah. So like just to even share the dressing room and just be a teammate with them is like such a blessing. Did you yeah, did is, you find your feet in there, bro? Did you find your feet in the, amongst those boys? Like just kind of just being lads I, with them, or yeah, mate, they're they're such good guys. So you just like slip in straight away, and it's like honestly such genuine like nice Kiwi blokes as well. Like so you get on like straight away. But it is like when you put that shirt on, it is a different feeling, eh? Like it is. Cause you know, you're just representing your country and you all your friends and all your family will be watching. Like it's just a different feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did your family get to travel to any of those debut games or the, the early couple of games or nah? Nah. So they've still not even seen me play a professional game actually, which is kind of no sad. Way. But, uh, um, my brother came over to Barcelona and he watched me against Peru. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, probably the best game he could have ever gone to because like the atmosphere at that game was ridiculous. So he yeah, was, was loving nuts, it. Eh? Yeah, that was, that was mm. nuts. I mean, and you'll remember bro, the last world cup campaign against Peru. I was actually thinking that when we played them, I was like, wow, this mm. is like, we played these guys, you know, yeah, four years ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like looking out for the old snake and voodoo doll things, mate. <laughs> yeah. I think the last time, 
we played them, I was I was at uni in America and I was just watching on TV. So weird to be in the other shoe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember talking to um Stefan about that because he obviously played in that game. That's kind of when he kind of yeah, yeah. popped off for us. And um and I remember him saying like they were in the hotel or the boys watching the planes you know how they sent planes over at like three in the morning or something? yeah yeah and they were like oh this is cool ass <laughs> they were like this is awesome what's going on boys <laughs> uh, those peruvians are mad though honestly yeah. like as you say stefan and even clayton were telling us some stories about like how they were treating them when they were in peru and it's just ridiculous man yeah 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 uh, football mad they they really wanted it eh? um <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, we were just like holding on. But I mean, I went to that game in Wellington, the nil-nil draw. Um, yeah. That was awesome too, man. That was such a cool. And it's kind of a shame that the Costa Rica yeah. game, even though it was a good chance to get in a one-off hit, but it was a shame mm-hmm. we didn't have that kind of opportunity to play in New Zealand and have a home and away, you know? Oh, 100%. I think that's what football's all about, like going to different places and playing in front of different atmospheres and that kind of stuff. And when when the Capetons going off, it's going off. Man. I remember I was I was down there when we qualified for the World Cup. I was at the game against Bahrain, and I was only young, but what an atmosphere! Like oh, it was man. so good when Roy Fallon hit that header, eh? Oh, because oh, obviously he's in the coaching strange. lineup, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, that's another weird one. Just like talking to Rory about. I remember I was asking him like, "Oh, what did you do with the day of the game against Bahrain and that kind of stuff?" and just is so so strange to yeah. be talking to these guys when you were literally watching them, mate. So I, I want to ask you about the game in a second, but I'm the one person I'm interested in. What is it like sharing the dressing room with Winston Reed, bro? I mean that guy and Chris Wood. He's a man. He's the man. But Winston mm. Reed is for me one of one of New Zealand's greatest. You know, um, one off, one off, and um, yeah, I reckon that he just seems like such a leader. You know. Um, yeah, no, what, he definitely is. He definitely is like he's the way he carries himself off the pitch. He's just you can tell he's been a, a top pro and that kind of stuff. But he's again just a really like genuine guy, nice. He'll talk to you if, like about anything. And mm. but he, he he obviously commands a bit of um, and he requires you to work hard for him, and he and he yeah. expects some certain levels to be met. But you know, he's just. He does carry, he's got like an aura about him. Yeah. 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 No, I can imagine that would be the case. Um, mm. Yeah. Cause I mean, what was, um, how, how much, how much time did you have in camp before you guys actually played that game? The, that Costa Rica game. Mm. Mate, we were in camp for about three and a half weeks, I think before that camp. So we were, we were in there for a while. Oh, true. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where were you, where were you based for your camp? In the Middle East. So we went to we went to Marbella and I think like I was one of the first person people there. So that was I was there for like ten days total. But obviously yeah. the international window didn't open for another like five days or something. Yeah. So a few players came then. But so we're in Marbella for ten days, Barcelona for two days, and then we we're in um Qatar for the rest of that. Mm. Mm. And what's um and for you, man, what was the you knew you'd been picked for the for the kind of the overall squad, but then you're mm. fighting for a position on the pitch. I mean, I mean, I bet I, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I bet you would have probably been stoked being named on the bench, let alone a starter for that game. Um, yeah, hundred percent. 
I think I was even all I cared about was making that initial squad and being involved in it, you know. Yeah. And then, obviously, once you make it, you you want to like do as well as you can and try and try and be in that first eleven. But honestly, I was I was happy enough being a part of it and and being involved. And then, and then I kind of got a sniff that I could could be starting. So I was like, oh, here we go. But no, it was real good. Because who would have been your main competition? Oh man, there were plenty, plenty of attacking players obviously like I think Garbs Matt Garbert was the one that started with me as well but it's yeah. like Marco Costa yeah yeah true uh, Joey Champness there's a, there's a lot of good attacking players like Eli Just, Callum McCart mm-hmm. I think the always at the moment are literally blessed with a lot of good young dude. attacking players eh? dude our, our squad like I remember watching that game and thinking this isn't like park the bus football like we used to, you know? Yeah. And let's just exactly. lob the ball up to Smeltzy and hopes he hope he does something. Like this is like <laughs> man, guns, some young guns, yeah. you know. Um for sure. I think and I think the way that Danny like has got the team playing is as a testament to New Zealand. Like he's a he's got us playing like some confident, brave attacking football with like good passes. Like it's really good. And you I think you could tell from that Costa Rica game that he's doing something pretty special. But but how is he doing it? Like how are you guys like you're rocking up to training and what what's he saying? Like how is he getting you guys obviously you guys have the technical ability and talent to do it, but what's Danny Hayes' approach? Is he just like, okay, boys? I don't know. I think he's got his um he's got his own philosophy and like with formations and like what movements like players should make to be able to get on the ball and, and all that kind of stuff. And his trainings are intense, like a lot of tactical work, but Hmm. Honestly, he's for the most part he he just like l- lets you play with a bit of freedom. I think he he says that um young like the young players at the moment are technically like really up there like in the world. So hmm. he honestly just wants you to kind of show that showcase that. Well, mate, you guys bloody showcase it. And just before I ask you about the game, the call, how what was the you find out you're in the the starting lineup? What was that? A phone call, a text, a group? group chat what, what how, how did you find that out you can kind of tell with um like the way that training set up because you, you like do work with the with the 11 that's gonna yeah most likely take the field so i kind of had an inkling a couple of days out before the game because i was i was in that 11 during training but um it made, it's made official the night before i think yeah and it puts like the sun 11 on the on the on the wall and and talks about the game the next day. So, me, bro, did you send like a little message home, like, "Oi, <laughs> guys, <Yeah>. guess what?" <laughs> yeah, I told. Like, obviously, I told my mum. Yeah, I think I'm starting, and and I think the only other person that I told that was um, Paul Hobson, the, the Birkenhead coach. Yeah, because he obviously has a he's yeah. pretty invested in, in how oh, I'm yeah. doing and that kind of stuff. But yeah, what did he have to no. say, mate? He must have been pretty stoked for you. Yeah, I think he's he's just stoked about all of this. I think yeah. if you ask Hobo now, like, I think he's gotten a bit older, and where he gets his joy out of is seeing like his players progress and do well for their country and that kind of stuff. So he's, I think he's just buzzing with my my whole journey and that. And he's like, I'm always talking to Hobo as well, so yeah, he loves it. Is he still coaching Burko? Just side side question. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, oh, still okay. Yeah, I remember when I first uh first met him, mate. Well, I could have met him properly. He'd never remember me, but mm. I, I, for some reason, I found myself shaking his hand. It was like, oh, mate, and Paul. Like, yeah. Oh, that's 
oh, okay. I've heard about you. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a funny guy, man. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Like a, a lot of people probably don't get to see like his real side and that kind of stuff, but he's a legend and I, I owe him so much. Yeah, what a champion. Well, if he listens mm. to this, mate, you're a legend. Um, yeah, shout out. Bro, tell me, man. I know, like, it still hurts me. Not really, but kind of. How's the? How does it feel now? Like, we lost that game, man. We lost that game, yeah. and oh, it hurt. <clears throat> it hurt, man. That that yeah. game hurt to watch, and I can't imagine what it would have felt like. I mean, look, a buzz, a thrill, a awesome opportunity, atmosphere, blah blah blah. But oh, yeah, I think. Um... Even now, like it's it's still pretty pretty sore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> must have been like two months or something. But I think initially, like obviously gutted. But then when you look at the big picture and look at how we played in that, it almost makes it worse because yeah. we deserve so much more. But yeah, no, it was as you say, it was a thrill and it was it was a a great experience. But yeah, pretty gutted that we couldn't get it done. Yeah, and for reference, for anyone listening, because I'm I'm just aware that people might not know, New Zealand play Costa Rica World Cup qualifier when they take goes to the World Cup, and yeah, we lost at one nil. <clears throat> Was it uh, under ten minutes into the game, bro? I remember Chris Wood flicked a ball onto you. Mm. Oh. And, yeah, the, and it was like, to bring it up. Oh, <laughs> it was that, bro. But it was a mean strike. But oh, just like inches, inches yeah. to the right. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I think, especially that chance, I like couldn't watch it back for a while. It was just, it was killing me because I know, I know I should have done better with it to be honest. But oh, I don't no, know, man. I, you had to, you had to hit at that time though, because yeah, you, you were getting closed down. You had, you had to. Yeah, I think I just couldn't really believe that it, it fell to me so so nicely. So I was just, yeah. But I think if I do that shot in training, it goes in more often than not. But yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. It's a bit sore, but that's football. Football, eh? yeah, exactly. So you, you move on. But even from that, it was positive. You know, it was like, all right, boom, we're mm. taking shots. And then I think uh, might have been Garbutt took a shot, and then there was Woods yeah, yeah. Had a, Wood had a had a deflection or something. And so yeah, it was real I mean, positive. Plenty of chances, eh? Plenty mm. of chances, and yeah, a lot of positive play until, yeah, especially that goal as well that got disallowed, but. Tell me about that, or tell me about that when you're on the pitch. <laughs> oh gosh, tell, was, bro, it's ho- hopefully you can talk about this. It's not too, uh, too raw and <laughs> sore. But man, like you guys scored a mean goal. Yeah, I mean, when it, when we scored, obviously I'm celebrating, and yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't even cross my mind that it could be chalked off. Like, and then I, I hear it's going to VAR, and I was like, what for? Like, I couldn't even remember the build up because I was so. I had so much adrenaline from the celebrations. And then they, like, obviously um, cancelled it, cancelled the goal or whatever. And I was just so confused. I was like, what? Like, I can't I can't even think of why they would have, like, pulled it off. And then when I watch it back, like, I can, you can see the referee's thoughts and that, but I, I still think it I still think it should have been a goal, but that's yeah. probably just a bias New Zealand opinion. Oh, mate. I mean... <laughs> I'm not going to like, I won't let you say something that could get you in trouble about the referee. So I'll say it. Um, I won't even say it. Don't even need to. Shocker. Absolute shocker. And you can just nod. This is an audio. People won't see it. But oh, hey, bro. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no comment. 
So what was the halftime talk from Danny? Because, I mean, you did, was this was the goal in the first half? It was, eh? Yeah, the goal was only like a couple of minutes before halftime, I think. So we came in with the – I think everyone had a feeling like we were obviously playing really well. And I think Danny just kept like – kept that on he said like boys were doing well and we just need a bit of quality in the final third and unfortunately we couldn't find that in the second half mm. but and when the and when the final whistle blew then <clears throat> you guys had realized and i think for me what what, what was the time it must have been like 8 a.m because i remember mm. going to work and i was a oh. salty bastard all day man my my oh, colleagues okay. were like what's wrong with you i was like don't ask yeah <laughs> Um, but you guys, you know, final whistle goes, you're in the shed, in the sheds after the game. What was, what was the environment, man? To be honest, I, I couldn't even tell you because straight after the game, I was pulled in to do a drug test and I was in there for a good hour and a half. Really? After the game. Yeah. Yeah. like straight away. So it was me and me and Bill Tuiloma that, that got pulled in. And obviously after the game, you, you're like, you're so dehydrated, so you can't actually pee. So I, yeah. was, I was in there for like an hour and a half, just trying, trying. And, and so I, I actually wasn't even in the change room with the boys after the game, which made it even worse, I think. Oh, I was just, man. But I know it would have been worse if we'd won and everyone's celebrating away and I was just stuck in a drug testing room. But Did you know you were going to yeah, get was, tested before the game? No, nah, it's completely random. But yeah, yeah, I was, I was the lucky winner, eh? but. <laughs> yeah, it was it was way to top it off. Eh? I was just sitting there, pretty gutted. Yeah, yeah. What was the um, and like, like this is going to touch on maybe a heavier subject, but I mean, you know, there's people listening to this that are in kind of whatever valley of season of life, you know, people that are in the dumps about anything and um and Ooh. mental mental health wise, it just might could be struggling with stuff. I don't know if you did struggle mentally after that you know such a high moment to such a low moment but for you what was your coping mechanism man like you just lost a huge game and i know people say it's just a game at the end of the day but it's a huge moment um yeah yeah what, how, what was your coping I mechanism lucky, i was lucky enough that um two days after i was going back to new zealand for the first time in eight months or something right so like just surrounding yourself with friends and family and like to talk about it that kind of stuff and yeah, so I was I was back in New Zealand for that week, and it was just honestly I kind of it was a good way of trying to forget about it, and and um I was for that week I was just you know spending time with friends and family and all that kind of stuff, and it wasn't until after that when I came back to Scotland that I really started to to think about the game, and I watched like the highlights back and and all that kind of stuff. But um I think honestly you've just got to try you just got to move on like it's just football like yeah. You've got to try and, and just pick yourself up and you go again. Like it, you know, there's there'll be hopefully another chance to do it in four years. But um yeah, just just pick yourself up and go again. Yeah, that's that's the thing, eh? Like I mean worrying about something or or or, or um having your mind focused on something in the past, um so it's it's not gonna get you anywhere, I guess. Yeah, I think I think I've learned a lot about that. As my like in my first half a season as a pro, like if you if you spend so much time dwelling on like your past game or that kind of stuff, it's just going to eat you up. So obviously you've got to you've got to think about your last game and how you can get better than that. But you can't you can't let that be like all you think about, you know, because mm. it, it, will, it will just like swallow you up a bit and you, and it's it's it can take over. 
Yeah, totally. And do you boys playing mm. like playing professionally? Do you boys get good? Um, I know a few of my mates who play rugby professionally, and they they have good like, you know, s- mental skills coaches and and that kind of stuff happening. Do you have a bit of that happening at Saint Marin? Uh, yeah. Um, I think for the All Whites, especially, we had like a, a sports psychologist that came on for came on the tour for the qualifiers and and the um Costa Rica game. And he's really good for a lot of boys. I know, like a lot of boys, use him and and, and talk to him about football, about about it, like all sorts, like just life in general. And that's really good. Samarin probably doesn't have that the same thing to that level, but they still provide like good insight for how to manage that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's good to have those specialists traveling with you. Eh? Do you have was Roland Roland Jeffrey your uh, physio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. Roland Roland was my guy. <laughs> so you were down at RJ Fazio on bloody Chartwell, mate, when you were playing in Auckland. <laughs> no, to be fair, I'd never actually I'd heard about him before. Um, oh, okay, before the camp, but I'd never actually gone and seen him. But um, he was my best mate over that camp. Hey? I was always on the physio table getting rubs from him. So <laughs> what a legend, absolute legend, mate. I, yeah, because I when I uh, I did a, I had did something in my knee playing footy. Um, and I went to Roland, not him, but his physio yeah, place yeah. or whatever. And um and I told my old man about it, and my dad was my dad told me that Roland, when before he even had his own physio joint, my dad my yeah my dad would get strapped up by Roland back in like the eighties or nineties. Way back in the day. Yeah, so I was funny. That was pretty much. Yeah, Roland. Moment. I think Roland's a really good physio. To be fair, he knows the stuff. So your dad yeah. would have been in safe hands. Oh, hard out, man. Hard out. I mean, my case of point, my dad's in his 50s now and he can still run rings around a lot of people, eh? Um, <laughs> I saw he did well, you know? Yeah. Um, so, bro, like, do you feel we're out, out the back end of, of your international? Well, I mean, you're not. I mean, that game, I mean, you've obviously just started in your career. You're just starting your career. Do you feel like you're getting better and better every, every week, every training, every year? Like, I, do you feel like you you are improving? As a player, yeah, yeah, I think I think one hundred percent. Just even training every day with like top professionals, like you've got to be able to do certain things that you you probably aren't like required to do in Birkenhead. Like you've got to be able to hold the ball up and mm. just use your body a bit, like all this kind of little stuff that I think I'm getting a lot better. And just simply because you have to, like you have if you want to be able to keep the ball and that kind of stuff. Like so, and there's there's no doubt in my mind, like just sharing the change room with these types of players, like even for the all white squad that it, it just makes you better instantly, you know, like just watching them and training, seeing stuff they do, all that kind of stuff. Mm, mm. Yeah. And that's it. Eh? It's watching, eh? watching others. I feel like, I mean, you know, the saying, bro, if you're playing in an environment that the players aren't playing well, or it's just not a good team or whatever it mm. is, you, you play worse. But when you're playing in an environment of, with good talent that are playing well, you always play better, you know, Hundred percent. I think you're like a product of your environment, sort of, and yeah. that's why I think I've I've been able to do well because there's been some really good players around me that have helped me out a lot. So it's only aided me a little bit. Are you the like? Are you the like the runt of the team, like the young buck, or are you? Have you kind of got you yeah, in a bit now? Marin? Yeah. Uh, nah. To be fair, there's a lot of there's a few young boys that are only like seventeen, eighteen. So they're down there. I'm I'm twenty three now, which is kind of old to be able to just be starting professional football but now i'm sort of in, in that middle range yeah yeah, thankfully, yeah. because yeah. the young boys have to do a lot of <laughs> a lot of that 
a lot of cleaning up the all the gear and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, hard, eh? Hard. Oh, I, I don't worry. I remember those days. Um, mm. And so, what, what have they like? Where have you got put up? Are you just like rent, like flatting with some of the the teammates, or have you got your own place, or how does it all? How does oh, that work? Yeah, yeah. So I've got um, I've got my own little two bedroom place that the the club provides for myself, which is about like ten minutes outside of Glasgow, and it's really nice. Like I've got no complaints, and it's nice to have my own little spot. Yeah. Oh, sick man. Mm. Yeah, it's good, eh? You yeah, need a, you need a place to kind of call home, eh? And just yeah, unwind sure. on your own. I think um I think initially when I started because I was obviously living by myself, and um it took me a little bit to get used to. I think just not having anyone to talk to at all. So, mm. but then now I've come to the point where I actually really enjoy it, and I've got my own like little quiet space, and I love like cooking, so it's safe for that, and it's it's good. May a little bit of an uh. A little, a little bit of an introvert, bro. Yeah. Well, I somehow turned myself into one. I thought <laughs> I was an extrovert, but yeah. yeah. It's actually, it is actually nice. Like I'm, I flat, but all my flatties are out at the moment. And it's actually nice when you know no one's going to be home. You just kind of just chill. And... Yeah, no, it is chill. It is chill. But I would, it still would, I'd still love to like be living with my mates or something. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, t- don't get me wrong. When all the boys are home, like the boys are on, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's in the living room having yarns. It's good. Yeah, man. Well, at the moment, our thing's watching The Office. Oh, how good. Oh, dude, I'd never watched it until this year. And we've binged. Really? Like, yeah, we've watched the whole thing and we've just started again. <laughs> you can literally watch like whichever episode as well. And it's just so good. Bro, me and my me and my flatmate, bro, we, we're big Dwight fans, eh? Like Dwight's our guy. Mm. We love Dwight. Dwight's <laughs> true. What a man. <laughs> He's a funny guy. Yeah, man. Oh, it's such a good show. Um, so, bro, like, I always kind of ask this near the end of like apps with people, especially like, you know, young, like younger in the career and earlier on in the career. But if I could give you the perfect roadmap, or not even the perfect roadmap, but like, what's the boyhood club? I guess this is how I ask it. What's the boyhood club that if you could end up there, man? Ooh, where mean- would you? Where would you want to end up playing? I am a gunner, like I support Arsenal, so that would be the absolute dream. Hey, that's but it. we know that that's, that would require a lot of a lot of hard work and yeah. a lot of luck, I think. But no, nah, yeah, for sure, Arsenal. I think I grew up grew up watching Arsenal when they were like really good, and the football yeah. they always played like next level. So that's what drew me in. Yeah, man. Oh, bro, the Mesut. What's his name? Mesut Ozil. Ozil days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Ozil fan, so oh, I just knew it, but I could tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just Every makes Arsenal fan. Easy, yeah? Oh, yeah, man. Well, bro, the funny the funny thing is, man, you never know. Like, you are literally yeah. in a league that if you won every game, I don't know how I don't know how far through the season you are this year or how many games or whatever, but you could be playing Champions League football if you guys somehow turned it on. Yeah, I mean uh, it'd be hard to get past Celtic and Rangers, but yeah, the the carrot is there if you if you did well. I think there's um even like third place can get into Europa League and fourth place can get into that Europa Conference League. So there is chances to get into Europe. Mm. Mm. Well, the thing is, too, man. Like ever since Leicester won the Prem, like whenever that, that was yeah. a few years ago, bro. Mm. I I'm a never say never guy now. Yeah, yeah, that was mental. I still, I was actually, I watched the, um, there was like a little documentary about it on YouTube and I watched it the other day and it's seriously still like 
mind bending. I don't know how it was even possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there was some guys there that had like a hundred bucks on the money, or not, probably no, like a thousand dollars, and their payout was like two hundred k or something stupid. I know I should have gone on that bet, mate. That would have been ridiculous. <laughs> Imagine that hey, if you could turn back time. Um, bro, I've really appreciated the yarns, man. And a question I always kind of ask at the end. It's always, it's always a bit of a random one. The only kind of set thing I have of the show, but um, it's always interesting to to see the answer. If you could sit down, and I'm going to phrase it because because we've been talking football, I feel like it would only make sense yeah. if, we, if we framed it football. But actually, no, actually, no, we won't frame it football. I take that completely back. If you could sit down with three people, dead or alive, and have a conversation with them, you know, you have a beer or have a coffee or whatever with three people in the world, who are you, who are you inviting around to your little two bitty flat? Oh, okay, that's a tough question. It is. Eh? Where do I? David Beckham would be in there one hundred percent. Just because Oosh. he was, yeah, he was one of my idols growing up, and I think even just like the business side of things, like he's he's doing well for himself, and uh, yeah, oh, it's a tough question. I know, bro. David. Be- um, I'm trying to think of like like some sort of rock star that I'd, I'd like just just purely for good <laughs> stories about when he was partying or something, but. Well, what's I'd the say, favorite band? What's the favorite band then? Oh, that's another tough question. Uh, <laughs> someone from the Stones, from the Rolling Stones, I reckon that they'd have some good, some good yarns. Yeah, and uh, then and then third would be um, Richie McCaw. Richie McCaw. Yeah, I'll chuck him in there. Why not? Yeah, man. He probably watched your game, bro. He probably saw you shoot that yeah. shot. Probably, yeah. Probably seen me missed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. I think yeah, you've you've seen that Richie McCaw docu- documentary, eh? That that um, oh, the greatness one. What was it called? Um, yeah, something like that. Eh? Number but seven. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think like it'd just be interesting because you know how they like lost the 2007 World Cup, and I think he did like a lot of the mental side to be able to perform in, in pressure moments. And I think like he's just he's obviously a New Zealand hero, isn't he? Like he'd yes. be he'd be good. He he absolutely is. And you know what? You're probably yeah. in a position, bro, where eventually when you come back to New Zealand, if you do, if you get signed by the Wellington Phoenix. <laughs> is, um, <laughs> is, one day. <laughs> it's actually funny, eh? They always like announce these signings incoming. And I'm mm. always like, oh, man, everyone we sign is either really good and they'll be with us for a year and then they're off to Europe. Yeah. Or they've done the Europe thing, but they're like 38. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, they're coming to chill. <laughs> yeah. But then, nah, no, no, I actually take the back because they've got some really solid Kiwi boys in there, I reckon. Um, oh, mate, seriously, I think the Phoenix are actually a bit undervalued. Eh? I think there's some really good players for them. Oh, 100%. Especially, yeah, especially like the young the young Kiwi boys like Ben Wayne, Clayton. Mm. Clayton, I think, is such a good player. Eh? And then Sam Sutton as well. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot yeah, of good players, yeah. bro. Yeah, even Ollie Sale, man. I feel like he's just a oh, he's just class. Hundred percent. I think he was. I think he like. I think he was looking for a move to go to Europe, but like, he is seriously another good keeper as well. Yeah. Um. Mm, I think the A League in general is is a really good league. Yeah, I've always wondered what that because you obviously you're a Kiwi boy, so like we've always kind of known the a, a, the Phoenix and the A League. But I mean, if you were to say A League to one of your Scottish teammates, do they know? Do they think, oh, mean the A League, or are they kind of, you know? Oh, I think 
if I said the A League, they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" All but right, all right. they all they all are aware of of the like the league in Australia because the, like there's been a few players like go from the Scottish Premier League into into the A League. So I think they know like general most of it, but yeah. I think a lot of them would actually love to play there as well. Yeah, it's a good league, Just man. Good. I actually think it's a good league. Yeah. Like you think of some of the boys that have played in the league as well. Like we're talking like, remember when Alessandro Del Piero was playing down here and like. Yeah. Man, there's yeah some really good players. I think even now, like Charlie Austin's just signed for the Brisbane Roar, and yeah, he was, he was playing in the championship last year. So there's some seriously good players and some seriously good like young Australian and Kiwi players. Yeah, nah, I 100 percent agree. Well, I think bloody what's his name at um the Celtic coach was coached in the A League, didn't he? Yeah, Ange Postecoglou. Yeah, I think Mm. Yeah, and he, he did really well for the Raw and, and won they won the A League, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. that's with Bessar Barisha, mate. Oh yeah, what a player. <laughs> what yeah. a player. Yeah, no, he's, Would hate he's... To play against him. Oh, absolute menace, eh? But the man. Menace, mate. Menace. Um, well, mate, it's been good to have a oh, I can't say Birkenhead local because you're not, but you know, fellow Kiwi hop on the podcast, man. I've uh, I've really appreciated just getting a little bit of an insight, bro, into into your footy career, and also just the the huge kind of World Cup qualifier and all of that stuff, man. It's yeah, it's been it's been a mean yarn. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed uh, a longer than ten minute like interview. <laughs> no, I've loved it, bro. It's been good, good yarns. It must be a bit different eh, to your like TVNZ, you know, like hey, give us two minutes of your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think always for that kind of stuff, it's pretty like formal and and you've got to say the right stuff, so. No, this has been good. Yeah, man. Oh, bro, I appreciate it. All the best with the career. And, um, mate, when you uh, eventually crack it for Arsenal, bro, don't forget the podcast, mate. <laughs> I'll be right back on the podcast to talk about it. Yeah, mate. Oh, bro, give us, give me and um, Hobbo some tickets, mate. We'll come over together and play, <laughs> play it. Um... Yeah, I'll get the boys over, eh? <laughs> <laughs>